We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, uh, word on the street is there's a team in serious talks with the Denver Broncos. Over Jerry Judy, you've got an article coming very, very soon on this. But break it down for everybody: the uh, most, the latest rumor relative to Jerry Judy. I was literally about to hit publish right before we went live, so the article for those who want to read it will be up immediately after the show tonight at MileHighHuddle.com. But according to Colts beat writer Destin Adams, Indianapolis has engaged in extensive trade discussions for Jerry Judy. Uh, Adams notes that no deal has been finalized or agreed to at this time, but the talks have progressed beyond just exploratory conversations. And the Colts, Chad, have been one of those teams that has consistently been in the Jerry Judy sweepstakes based on reports and media rumors. A little bit surprising they would still go after Judy because they just lost uh, their quarterback, Anthony Richardson for the entire season. But if they are in a modicum of win now mode, uh, Jerry Judy makes a lot of sense. He needs to have a change of scenery. He needs greener pastures because it's only getting worse for him by the day. I mean, we all know about his spats with Rod Smith and Philip Lindsay, Steve Smith, but he gave an interview today. He had press availability and he basically, you can misconstrue it or, or use whatever context you want, but he said, if I get open, well, then the quarterback isn't getting me the ball. The O-line isn't holding up. The co coaches aren't calling the right plays. It's always somebody else's fault except for Jerry Judy. Now, if he was performing like the player he thinks he is, which is Jerry Rice, or even Justin Jefferson, the player from the same draft class, he would have a right to speak out. He would have a little more leeway to act this way, but he doesn't. He hasn't scored a touchdown, Chad. I did my own research since December 11th of 2022. He's third on the team right now in receiving yards. Great talent. I think he can reach his potential. It just won't happen in Denver. At this point, he's a malcontent, and he's hurting what is going to be taking place in the future, which is a rebuild. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't think it's going to hurt the Broncos all that much, but it really does depend on what you want to believe here, Zach, because yesterday, Sean Payton, you know, them's fighting words, so to speak. Some of the stuff he had to say relative to, I can get into the details here in a minute if we want, but, you know, drawing parallels between this team and the 2022 Lions who started one and six, but then won uh, eight of their final 10 games. They didn't quite make the playoffs, but Zach, in the final two or three weeks of the season, they were competitively relevant. And you look at them now, they're five and one. He used words like grit. He used a phrase called bowing up or bowing up, depending on who's saying it, which basically means to rebel, uh, you know, against uh, whatever, right? To rebel, to push back. Broncos have to bow up if they're going to, you know, kind of uh, match what the Lions did last year. Those aren't exactly the words of a head coach who's sitting back there, Zach, you know, designing a a capitulation at the trade deadline, big fire cell, and we're going to tank and uh, aim for the rebuild. At least for the next couple of weeks, it seems, Sean Payton, whether you want to believe it's genuine or if you want to believe, Zach, that it's all for show to make everyone think that they're not totally a, a seller to be exploited right on the trade block, I don't know. But I'll say this, whether it's true or not, he's got to say it because leaders have to lead with messages of belief, of faith, of confidence in the product. And when it works, when it works, they're hailed as visionary leaders and everybody bows down. When it doesn't work, obviously uh, not quite the same thing. They're tone deaf, right? Right. They're delusional. Uh, and then that usually is a short path to incompetent. You know, they start being called incompetent. And we know those, Zach. I'm going to serve this back. Sean Payton is not incompetent. His resume as an NFL head coach proves that beyond a shadow of a doubt. So it really does leave you wondering, like, what is he is he really what's the plan here at one and, and uh, five? I don't maybe I've taken more of a skeptical turn, but his resume doesn't matter to me so much. What he did in New Orleans has no bearing on the 2023 Broncos, his first year in Denver. And all I've heard from him back when he was even bashing Nathaniel Hackett was talk and talk and talk and talk. And the actions haven't come out in the wash at this point. You know, like I wrote for the roundtable prediction, I won't spoil it, but I I basically said I would love to believe that the Broncos can beat the Packers. I would love to believe they could put together a full game and go on a run. But at this point, talking about the Lions and finishing nine and eight or whatever he said is just comical because they can't even put together a winning streak, Chad. They barely got by the worst team in the NFL. His offense looked the worst it's ever looked to this point in last week's game against Kansas city. So for him to talk about bowing up and grit and everything, it's like, let me see it before I believe it. And I feel like a lot of Broncos country shares that sentiment. Listen, we're excited because here we are on uh, Thursday, October 19th in a couple of days time. We're going to be joined by so many of you at the stadium for the MHH meet and greet We want to see as many of you there as possible. And we've gotten kind of, uh, I guess, RSVPs of of sorts from many, many, many of you. And we are so looking forward to it. After the the meet and greet, the game gets going a little after 2 p.m. on Sunday, Broncos Packers. If you are looking for tickets, I was looking for some tickets. If you are like me and you want to be there to see how it all shakes out, to kind of punctuate the MHH meet and greet, which I'll remind everybody, 
It's no guarantee, but the Broncos are undefeated. MHH meet and greets. So if you want to be there, you need the tickets. Ticketmaster's got you covered as the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game, not just week seven. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today, Ticketmaster.com slash Broncos. And we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check MHH Twitter for details. I'll say it now so you can you can even bookmark this uh, section of the, the podcast, but we'll be in Lot E. Those of you who have been there before will be in the exact same spot that we're always in. Look for the big blue MHH tent. Look for the flying MHH flags. There you'll find myself. You'll find Zach and many of your favorite podcast hosts. So can't wait to see you there on Sunday. This Sunday, Zach. I mean, we've been talking about this for months and it's felt far away and I can't believe it's now just a few days away. I am so stoked to meet everyone coming out and to personally thank you. No BS, completely genuine. Thank you all for what you do for the for the program and for what you do for the entire brand. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's the highlight of our season, especially when things aren't going this this year. (laughs) And, you know, the last couple of years, that's just been the way it is. And, um, you know, I think we help ease each other's pain and frustration over what uh, the product on the field is. So again, looking forward to seeing everybody about 11 AM is when you can expect to find us all set up and ready to rock and roll. So come hang out, uh, play games, win some prizes, talk football. It's going to be a gas. We'll even have some, uh, get some content rolling. We'll even be doing some live streaming from the stadium. So looking forward to seeing you guys on Sunday. Um, but Zach, what did you make of a uh, friend of ours? He's like the, not like he is, <laughs> pardon me, the Mike Cliss of the Dallas market, Mike Fisher, writing that the Dallas Cowboys love 
Patrick Sertan. Now it might not be a stretch, you know, obviously I would guess that most NFL teams right. have put on the record. Hey, what are your thoughts on Patrick Sertan? They're going to go, yeah, he's uh, the bomb.com. But amid all the swirling trade rumors and everything else, and the fact that PS2 has been uh, kind of anointed as, as the untouchable roster piece when it comes to these, these trade rumors, what do you make of the timing of Fisher's article coming out today? Well, you're right. That, that was my first reaction. I think everyone would love to have PS2 on their team. I mean, that's that goes without saying. The Cowboys did lose Trevon Diggs, I believe, for the rest of the season, their number one cornerback. And though they have Stephon Gilmore, that secondary could use a boost, and they would be given a massive boost with someone like PS2. I just don't know, Chad. To me, the conversation starts for PS2 at two first-round picks. I am not even considering, I'm not picking up the phone unless you are willing to offer two first-round picks and then some. I don't know if the Cowboys and Jerry Jones are willing to part with two first-round picks. From what I know from covering that team for a few years, they value those picks like gold because they usually turn them into gold with Will McClay and the scouting department over there in Dallas. So I think it's more of wishful thinking on Fisher's part, and I'm sure maybe he's heard some whispers, but whether that goes from whispers to a full-blown deal, I'm still kind of unsure of, Chad. Yeah, I, I think there's when something as conspicuous like that gets leaked, the timing of it, I guess, is the conspicuous aspect of it. I pay attention to it, but I'm not writing home about it. Not yet. There has to be at least one other piece to the puzzle because he wasn't reporting that the Cowboys are are trying to negotiate for Sertan for what it's worth. And I agree with you. If you give him up, he's gotta, it's gotta be a king's ransom. It's gotta be something that uh you can really use in and of itself almost to rebuild the it's roster. It's gotta be the Jalen Ramsey deal, what he got, two first round picks and then some at least. Exactly. Mike, thank you, brother. So good to see you. Appreciate the stars. We wish we'd be seeing you and hanging out with you on Sunday, but we'll look forward to that another on another occasion, another MHH meet and greet. But thank you so much for the support, big dog. The Duchess, we know, is going to be there. We can't wait. So looking forward to seeing you, Michaela. And thank you so much for the super. So generous. She says, going on a run. Ha, we can't pass block and sustain a drive. We can't pressure a water <laughs> kettle. And let's not forget, we can't stop a snail. A winning run. Let me check my eight ball. It's telling me not in the cards. Yeah, uh, yeah, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. It's like right now, the, even the notion, Zach, is ridiculous. It seems ridiculous based on what we've seen. The Broncos have yet to turn in a full 60-minute uh, game up to this point. I mean, the closest thing we've seen from the Broncos, and again, it's spurts, but the closest thing we've seen from the Broncos that that kind of match some of the words Sean Payton used yesterday, grit, um, you know, bowing up, and I'll use a few others like metal with two T's, right? Resilience, all that stuff is the 21 point deficit they overcame in Chicago to win that game. It's their lone win this season. And, you know, a tip of the cap, so to speak, to the uh, beleaguered defense for limiting Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs, especially in the red zone. They let him kind of move up and down the field for the most part, but in the red zone, they held him to one and five, and it allowed. Russell Wilson and company, the chance they weren't able to actually capitalize on the chance, but the chance to drive back and be and, you know, make it a game in the fourth quarter. So that's not enough. You need a team 
like the Lions last year. I mean, we're talking about a head coach, Zach, who, you know, he gets up there and pontificates about biting kneecaps. Like this dude, who, by the way, is a former Sean Payton player. You know, they know each other quite well, but you need a guy, you need a team if you're going to win eight of your last 10, for example, or in the Broncos case now, if you're going to win, you know, eight of your last 11, nine of your last 11, uh, you got to start figuring out what it takes to become world-class kneecap biters and start signing up to punch the clock on Sunday, Zach, for a full 60 minutes. You know, spicy Michaela just hits different. I, I like when she goes on these little tangents because what she's saying here is not void of truth. I don't take anything that Sean Payton said yesterday to be any 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 meaning beyond just coach speak. What else is he going to say? Even if he was tanking, Chad, he's not going to get up there and say, listen, we're trying to lose every game. I have no interest in winning. End of press conference. It's all about actions and not words. I've been saying this for seven years when it comes to the Broncos. And you're going to talk about going on a run. You're going to talk about being the Detroit Lions and this and that. You lost to Jimmy Garoppolo at home. You lost to Sam Howell at home. You lost by 50 points to the Dolphins. You barely scraped by the Bears. You lost to Nathaniel Hackett at home. And you couldn't do anything on offense against the Kansas City Chiefs in primetime. So let's start with beating the Packers and getting your second win of the season. And then maybe, maybe we'll talk about going on a run. Brent from the top rope. Thank you, my wow. friend. Thank you. Brent. It means a lot to us. Really. It does, dude. Thank you for your generosity. It helps us keep the lights on. Uh, thank you. He says, Chad and Zach, I wanted to send some support for the upcoming meet and greet because I can't be there. Denver Rocks for Life, MHH for Life, great show as always. Oh, cool. Well, Thank you, Brent. We're, uh, we're sad to hear that you can't make it, Brent, but we will stay positive and look forward to hopefully seeing you at the next one, my dog. But thank you very much for the support. This is exactly why I just said I can't wait to be out there. I don't really care about the game, the end result. I want to be out there and shake y'all's hands and tell you how much we appreciate you. Brent, if you were there, I'd be doing that, but I'm going to tell you now, thank you so much for your support. It is definitely, definitely appreciated. Amen to that. Uh, Phil, my brother, down in Tucson, proving Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is, in fact, a state of being. Love you, big dog. He says, it seems like there's no end to the frustration attached to this team. We uh, definitely need some change. Or you could say even we defiantly need some change. Because uh, to change would require some defiance in the face of what has become the status quo. So, it all adds up, but thank you, bro. He says, Buckham, go Broncos, MHH for life. Phil, we hope to see you as well at one of these meet and greets yeah. um, sooner, hopefully, rather than later. But thank you for the support, my friend. And it is frustrating. You know, Broncos fans have been through the ringer post-Super Bowl 50, and uh, this, was the, this was supposed to be the year, Zach, things started looking up. And uh, not only are they not looking up, it's the worst start this team has had since – I think 1964. So brutal, brutal times continue in Broncos country. And if they lose on Sunday, it'll be the first time in franchise history. They've started off the season. 0 and four at home. It, it's gotten to be that bad. And Phil, I understand the, the point you're trying to get across, but how would change avail the Broncos this year? The answer is it wouldn't, you know, I saw a report yesterday from one of the many aggregator accounts on Twitter for the NFL that said the Patriots are already looking forward to 2024 with the belief, this is according to reports and everything, not anything on record, 
that a few wins this year wouldn't serve them well other than to ruin their draft position and um, not capitalize on the rebuild they need. I kind of feel like the Broncos are in the same boat, Chad. It's it's hard for me for that for me to root for them to lose or to encourage tanking, which I don't. But if they finish with five wins and end up picking 10th, as opposed to finishing with one or two wins and a picking second or third, maybe even first, that's a major, major difference. That's the difference between getting a receiver or a tackle and your franchise quarterback that you desperately need. I haven't given up on Russell Wilson. I'm not full-blown negative yet, but the clock is ticking. If you want to go through a rebuild and the Broncos, it's damn past time they, they should go through with it. You can't do that, Chad, with a 35-going-on 36-year-old quarterback who's making $50 million a year and not performing anywhere near that standard. So it would be in the Broncos' best interest to, I don't know, finish as poorly as possible, putting it the nice way as I can. You know, the irony is getting back to, um, you know, the idea of a full 60 minutes. If you could get the version of Russ from the first four weeks of the season, which granted only led to one victory, but you could get that version of Russ for 60 minutes and the same version of the defense in Kansas City for 60 minutes, Broncos would be a force to be reckoned with. The point Zach's getting at is, is there enough runway left for it to make a difference in this season? And that is something that, frankly, Zach, is the more I think about it, the more I work up an appetite, I'm, I find myself getting hungrier and hungrier. And I think of what comes to mind, of course, Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Make them part of your game day. Little Caesars is a big part of the Jensen family. I'll tell you that. It just happens to be the favorite of one of my kids here. And we love it as well. Everyone in the family. And it's a big part of what we do on Sundays, on game days. So listen, order online during our pizza, pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sundays, and get ready for some football and fun. You choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, Zach, everybody wins. I said I'm a man of action, not words. I'm also not hypocritical to show you how much I like Little Caesars and love their breadsticks. I'm even donning breadsticks on my shirt coming out my pocket right now. Yeah, very appreciative of the Little Caesars shirt they sent us, Chad. But I would definitely encourage, if anything, if you don't want pizza, at least try their breadsticks. They're crazy bread. It is a one. Speaking of winning, though, the Broncos haven't done much, but everyone wins and scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Amen. The Duchess from the top rope right wow. now. Thank you so much, Michaela. We love you. You know we appreciate you. So near and dear to our hearts. Make sure you bring a, a like a, a travel tote. I don't know. Bring it with you on Sunday. We have a few things for you. 
but she wants to know what the super chat ranking is. Can't wait to see you guys. She says, I missed you guys. We've missed you as well. We did the, uh, we did an update on Monday. Scott is not with us tonight. He might be checking in here in a little bit, but, uh, some family stuff he had going on today. So it's not updated to the moment, but I can tell you, Zach, unless memory betrays me, she was number one as of Monday. So, and this will only vault you further. So as it stands, I'm 99% sure, Michaela, right now you're at the very top uh, of the top 10. So love you. Thank you so much, Michaela. You'll always be at the top, the top of our hearts, the top of our minds. And uh, no words can ever really express how appreciative we are, though I will tell you to your face on Sunday. So like Chad said, bring a tote, bring something to bring back with you because we have a lot of shows of appreciation we want to bestow to you. Yeah, we do. Uh, Keith jumping in with a message. Thank you for being with us and the support as always, Keith, whether it's our show or any of the other MHH podcasts. He says, Priest, I must confess, it's tough to be a Broncos fan. I can't wait to see this team look like they've got something and maybe start to rebuild. Yet, there's a there's a demon, a losing demon haunting the Denver Broncos, and it requires an exorcism. And uh, despite all of our powers, Zach and I have been unable as your football priest to fully exercise this demon. We're going to need help from uh, another football priest who goes by the name of Sean Payton. If he can enlist another man of the football cloth in uh, Russell Wilson, it would probably go a long way to uh, toward officially ridding the Broncos, Zach, of this uh, specter, this nasty losing demon that's got everybody down. I don't think there's enough holy water in the world to rid the Broncos of what ails them. It's just a perpetuation of losing consistently year in and year out. And I know it sounds cliche. We've been saying it ad nauseum, but they don't know how to win. And until they do, uh, they are going to be losers. We just have to hope that if they do enter a rebuild, which it looks like they are, that they get it done right and get it done correctly. Indeed. Michaela Israel. And her boy, Cooper, jumping in. Cooper says, I'm upset because when I was at school today, my dog had to be put down. You'll never know how much something meant to you until it's gone. Wise words from a person so young. Coop, we're sorry to hear that, buddy. There is nothing like it. It sucks so bad. And uh, that is a true, true statement. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. Rolling Stones made it a classic in music. But you show up with your with your mom on Sunday, and uh, we'll do our best to cheer you up, big dog. It hits close to my heart. I've unfortunately most people, but you know, I speak for myself. I've had to put a few dogs down in my life, and there's no pain quite like it. So I definitely know how you feel, Cooper. Just know that your dog, in some way, some level, will always be with you. And when you're ready, and when your mom says it's okay. 11 years old. Wow. When your mom says it's okay, be sure to give your love to another dog and always keep that going and pass that on. Well said. Well said. Keep your chin up, Cooper. All right, Zach. Um, we got preparations and things to, uh, to do, to be ready and have all our ducks in a row for Sunday. So I think maybe, uh, we should since, I'll tell you, uh, Sean Payton is doing everything he can to put on the uh, outward appearance that the Broncos are still going to try to compete. They're still, they're not 
throwing in the towel. They're bowing up, as it were. So in the spirit of that, since we have some time left, and by the way, if there's anything, guys, we haven't gotten to tonight burning on your minds, get it in the chat, and we'll do our best to uh, to get to it before we dip on out of here. But uh, in that spirit, let's do a head-to-head comparison, Broncos, Packers. And at this point, Zach, you know, we're more than a quarter of the way into the season. So the, the statistics and the rankings that we see hold water, all right? There's really not much uh, outlier-wise to be wary of. So, Zach, I just clicked over to the other side, so I'm going to try blowing it up a little bit more, and uh, you tell me how it looks on – whoop, wrong way. Yeah. Let me go – ooh, that's as big as it wants to let me go right now for some reason. Let me try one more time. Oh, wait. Hold that's on. Good. Ooh, but now it won't let me – Oh wait. Slide it over to the left. Yeah, let me try this. There, there we go. go. How's that? Good enough? Perfect. Perfect. All right. So let's take a quick look here, gang. One and five Broncos, two and three Packers. Uh, minus five are the Broncos in the turnover differential. That's 26th. Packers are minus one, which actually is not that bad. But as it stands currently, it's got them tied for 17th. And remember, red means bottom 10 ranking. Green means top 10. Black is in between. So let's look at these two offenses here. The Packers, not much to write home about. They're 28th in yards. In points, they're 13th, though, so they have managed to kind of outpace their yardage production by scoring some points. They don't rush the ball particularly well, averaging not even 82 yards per game. And their passing offense, Zach, is uh, mediocre. Meanwhile, the Broncos are 21st in terms of yards per game. They are in points tied for 17th averaging 21 and a half to the Packers 22.6 rushing the Broncos are 19th passing their 20th but we start to see some of the separations here Broncos have only as much as we kind of clown Russ and justifiably so he's mostly done a good job protecting the ball this year four interceptions and that one just brutal brutal fumble that cost the Broncos a chance not too long ago uh, meanwhile, the Packers have six interceptions, but zero fumbles lost. So um, there's that. And then giveaways total, Broncos rank tied for 27th. Packers are up there. So they've been very stingy in terms of getting the, giving the ball away. Only been sacked, allowed 10 sacks, that is. Meanwhile, the Broncos act bottom 10 in sacks allowed with 19. And then red zone percentage and third down is where you really see things separate. And then I'm going to serve this back to you. Packers are 12th in third down percentage. They're sixth in the red zone. They're converting more than six out of 10 red zone trips into touchdowns. And the Broncos, they're middle of the pack on third down, surprisingly. They're 16th in red zone. They're just outside the top 10. That might shock you, Zach, but the Broncos are 11th in red zone percentage. What are your takeaways from this? Basically, from the Packers' point of view, I haven't watched uh, much of their their, uh, film this year. But it seems like they play a fairly clean brand of football. Not the sexiest, not the most explosive, but they don't give the ball away. They tend not to shoot themselves in the foot. And uh, when they get near the red zone, that means sixth best in the NFL, 62.5%. That's pretty good converting into touchdowns. So any any offense, Chad, that's the least bit competent is going to pose a problem to the Broncos defense. And they have some good weapons on that team, including their running backs. And we all know, we'll see in a second, the Broncos run defense isn't just bad. It is all time bad. 
And like I mentioned, they have two good running backs in uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. So it could be a game for Jordan Love where he plays off play action or just lets the running game do their job. Yeah, sorry. I was just doing a scroll over to see where they're at. Uh, hang tight. Dylan, 194 yards rushing. Jones, just 59. He's been hurt, but he's going to yeah. play this week. Um, okay, so there's the offense. Let's take a look at the defense. Uh, man, this is brutal. The Broncos, nothing but <laughs> red. <laughs> Literally ranked last in every in all four. Sickening. Of the, all five, pardon me, ranked last in four of the first five statistical defensive rankings with the exception of net passing where they're 30th so the broncos still by virtue of that horrible run uh from about week three till they got you know pulled their head out so to speak in kansas city they're dead last still in yards and it's going to take a minute to chip away at that i mean you got to suddenly become like you know the the 2015 broncos for like the next for the rest of the season to not finish let's say in the bottom five in yards. That's how much yardage they've given up. But uh, their last are the Broncos in, in yards, yards per play, points. They're, they're still averaging. I mean, again, giving up a 70-burger is going to hurt you in the aggregate, Zach. But 33.3 points per game the Broncos are relinquishing. That's dead last. The worst rushing off uh, defense, pardon me, in the NFL. And then, uh, again, 30th in passing defense. Meanwhile, the Packers – they're kind of a middle of the road defense, as it were. Points per game, they're uh, 22nd, allowing 22, almost 23 points. Uh, they suck at stopping the run. So the Packers, they can't run the ball. Neither can they stop the run. This is a good possible harbinger for the Broncos at home in Week Seven. Passing though is where they make their bones. The the Packers are number nine as a passing defense. They're relinquishing less than. 200 passing yards per game but like the broncos they have four interceptions so far this season which ties them for 15th they have only recovered one fumble which puts them in the bottom five ish broncos have recovered two that puts them middle of the pack so total takeaways the broncos have six which ties them for 20th packers have five tied for 22nd they have 15 sacks to the broncos 14 sacks but here's where there is another separation zach on third down this packers defense uh, they only allow conversions 30, we'll just say 35% of the time, which ranks them in the top 10. They're seventh ranked on third down. Meanwhile, Broncos 15th. So it's only four percentage points that separate them, but that counts for about eight slots in the rankings. And then red zone, they're straight up flip a coin. If you get into the red zone against the Packers, flip a coin. They're allowing 50% of possessions to, to result in touchdowns, whereas the Broncos are uh, allowing a little bit more than that, 53.9% ranked 19th. So, Zach, your thoughts on the on these rankings? I think the Packers' success on third down is directly attributed to their passing defense and Jair Alexander, you know, shutting down a portion of the field. They also have a really, really good pass rusher in Rashawn Gary who could pose a major, major problem uh, for the Broncos' offensive line. But just looking on the left for a second and looking at all the 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, I was told by the one or two VJ defenders over the last few weeks, oh, don't 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 look at the numbers, ignore them. They're skewed because of that Dolphins game. Well, we have six games of data now. And when you're allowing 440 net yards per game, when you're giving up over 172 yards on the ground, over 33 points, I mean, it is just 
embominably bad, Chad. It is comically, hilariously horrific. And um, it's a battle of two kind of mid-defenses, but at least in Green Bay's defense, pun intended, they do a few things right. What do the Broncos do correctly, Chad? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, if there's a correct way to lose, I mean. Yeah, that's about it. You got that. Number but one in my category. Um, all right, last thing here. Special teams. Broncos still rank first in punt return average, thanks to uh, Marvin Mims. Uh, they're allowing, they're in the top 10, Zach. They're ranked eighth in what they allow in punt returns. That's cool. Um, first in kickoff return. So Marvin Mims, even though he got zero touches last week, he's still impacting things. Get him the ball, and I think mostly good things will happen. Try to avoid the trick plays where he has to think and act. Uh, beyond and above what he's used to, and you'll probably come out ahead if you're Sean Payton. But here's the penalties. The Broncos, no longer dead last, but still in the bottom 10. They're ranked 26 with 40 committed. The Packers, though, they're, look at this, only six penalties, Zach, separate a bottom 10 team and a top 10 team. The Packers have 34 penalties committed. Broncos, 40. Um Packers are ranked eighth in that Broncos 26. And then as far as opponents committing penalties, whatever it is, when officiating crews get to a Broncos game, they got their whistles out. You know, if there, if there was a way to like sharpen the blade, like you will, you know, so to speak, or load the chamber, get your thing. If there was a way to do that with a whistle, they're doing that. As you can see, they're calling a lot of penalties on the Broncos, Zach, and they're calling a lot of penalties on Broncos opponents. What do you make of that? Well, number one, you know we're living in bizarro world when special teams is the strength of the Broncos, wow. considering it's been a problem for years and years. You're right about Marvin Mims, by the way. He's a, a big play waiting to happen. But I kind of find it funny, actually kind of sad, that Sean Payton, one of his first comments, actually the comments he made about Hackett, Chad, he was talking about the penalties and how undisciplined of a team the Broncos were under Hackett. Well, 40 penalties in six games does not sound very good. So it seems like a lot of those issues are repeating themselves and it's more egg on Sean Payton's face. But ultimately, you're right. Whether it's a bias, whether the league has it in for the Broncos or whether the referees are just historically bad this year, it does seem like they get more whistles on them than most other teams. Phil, brother, he says, just left Denver recently, so I won't be at the meet and greet. Bummer. But good news, Denver family coming to Tucson to watch the game with you. Awesome, dude. Well, congrats on that. And like I said, we'll look forward, hopefully, Phil, to meeting you at a future uh, meet and greet. Nick Hale jumping in. Good to see you tonight, Nick. He says, what's up, Priest? I just wanted to say I'm super grateful for you guys, especially during this dumpster fire of a season. Always have you guys to count on. Much love to you all. P.S. Chad, congrats on the new single coming out on Halloween. That's right. That's right. New Bridge the Gap music dropping on Halloween. Check it out if you're following Bridge the Gap. Uh, there's a link if you're following me on Twitter or anywhere else, you'll find it there. But Zach, I think we've pretty much covered everything we need to tonight. Let's just grab this and then we'll call it an evening and, and bid everyone adieu until Sunday. Predictions in this game. Now, normally, Roy, we hold off and the tradition is we don't spill the beans on our prediction and picks uh, on the show. We wait so that you can read it in the Mile High Roundtable article that publishes every Friday as per tradition dating back 10 years. 
But Zach, do you want to break tradition or do you want to hint at what you view shaking out on Sunday? Cause I don't mind doing it this time. Yeah. I mean, I'll, uh, I'll give a little preview of what I wrote and I said it earlier. I, I said, I would love to believe that this could be a game. The Broncos win. I would love to believe they're going to take their frustrations out uh, after that chief's loss on a Packers team that kind of lost its bite without Aaron Rodgers, The Packers are very beatable. They're coming into Denver. The Broncos are coming off an extra few days of rest with that mini bye week. I would love to believe they put it all together for four quarters. I would love to believe Russell Wilson has a four touchdown game. I would love to believe that VJ grows a brain and the defense actually performs well, but until they give me a reason to believe, I simply cannot do it. I've been burned by them so many times this season alone. So that's why I went back to my Sean Payton comments. He's talking about the Lions and going on a run and grit and all that. It's like, it, unless you start winning games and stop talking about it, start being about it, it's completely falling on deaf ears. And I'm apathetic. I can only speak for myself, but I'm apathetic to coach speak like that when your team is one in five and you're winless at home. I would love to believe they would pick up their first win. I would love to believe they're not going to start 0 4 at home for the first time in franchise history. But give me a reason to believe. Yeah. Look, I said coming out of Kansas City that all hope of Russ being that guy for me kind of died and that I probably wouldn't be picking him to win, barring, you know, some, a few weeks of obvious, evident, consistent material for which to say, oh, they've turned things around. That I'm not going to pick him again. But, Zach, I am going to pick him because I'm going to maintain belief in that. MHH Juju were undefeated, undefeated when the MHH community is fully in effect for a meet and greet at the stadium in attendance for that game. So I'll let you know how I kind of foresee things playing out in the game in the article. Check back for that tomorrow. But I'm picking a Broncos win and uh, swinging for the fences on that front. Uh, Diamond, dude, guess what? Get the Bridge of the Gap record that's been out since March. At bridgethegapmerch.com, CDs are eight bucks. LPs are only 18 bucks. We're keeping it on the cheap for everybody. So, bridgethegapmerch.com. And with that, guys, uh, and we appreciate the support. Thank you for listening to Bridge the Gap, by the way, Diamond. Really, thank you. Uh, means a lot to, to me. So, thanks. But we got a few messages before we dip on out here. Another great installment of the Mile High Huddle podcast. If you're not doing so, please follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, and more at Mile High Huddle. Follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL. And don't forget about Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, including Buckham merchandise, which is always fashionable, no matter the Broncos record, check out MHHmerch.com and get your swag on. If you haven't, drop us a like at Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. You can follow us on Instagram as well at Mile underscore high underscore huddle. And make sure you're leaving your football priest a five, count them, five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, guys and gals, ladies and gentlemen, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen to that, guys. I'm reminding you, in case you weren't here at the beginning, Here's all the deets for the meet and greet. If you forget, just come back to this point in the podcast, rewind, pause, or just go to MHH Twitter at Mile High Huddle as Zach just laid out for everybody, and you'll see the details. But it's Sunday. 
expect things to start at 11. All right. Uh, lot E, look for the big blue MHH tent. You'll see the hashtag state of being. You'll see MHH flags flying. And uh, you'll see Zach and I wandering around having a good old time in the in the mile high sun. So that's 11 a.m. on Sunday. All right. Lot E and Powerfield out in the tailgate. It's going to be dope. Come hang out, play games, win prizes, and uh, chop it up with your football priests. We look forward to seeing everybody there. And uh, Diamond, by the way, he says, I already got the CD. I'm reminded of that now. Thank you, bro. Thank you very much for that. And yeah, there's more Bridge the Gaff stuff coming very, very soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, but Zach, looking forward to uh, what's going to shake out on Sunday. Can't wait to see everybody there. Shout out to our Super Chat superstars and supporters tonight. Michaela, Brent P. We got uh, Tucson Phil throwing down. We got Mike Ronquillo. And y'all know it. We love you. Appreciate you so much. We'll have a great start to your weekend, folks. We'll see you Sunday at the meet and greet. Hopefully, we'll see everybody there. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.